At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. number two of the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in fabulous Las Vegas. We have breaking news. Before we get to the NBA, I just saw the, you know, you get the old crawl. I, I say breaking news in mm-hmm. air quotes, people. Look, we, we talked about this over the weekend. Amal Shaw and I were doing the show when Tyson Fury said he was going to retire. It was going to be it. Heavyweight champion of the world. Made over $30 million for his win against Dillian White on Saturday at Wembley Stadium. It was fascinating. Then Francis Ngannou got in the ring afterward. And went, well, what, what, what's Francis Ngannou doing in there? Francis Ngannou says, and this is the breaking news, he's 70% sure that his next fight will be inside the squared circle of boxing against Tyson Fury in 2023. But what caught my attention was elements of MMA involved in said bout. Wes Reynolds, if you had to set a number, now I don't know what that means. Because I need to know what those particulars right. are. If there's no kicking, am I allowed to check? Yeah, my... is it just like Muay Thai? Right, right. clinch? Could we get in the clinch? Yeah, because you know... yeah, if it's just Muay Thai, I would still obviously favor Tyson Fury. And look, if it's a pure boxing match, we know 
with all what's due the respect. What's the number? Pure boxing match, what's the number? With uh, Ngannou against Tyson Fury. I say 700. Fury. I say Fury minus 700. Yeah, I think that's about right. I would say, you know, six, 700. Because what was Mayweather? Remember what Mayweather was over McGregor? Yeah. Now, this would not draw the handle, obviously, that Ooh. that did. But people were betting Conor McGregor, cutting in line to bet Conor McGregor <laughs> at, like, plus $3. I mean, that was one of the biggest bets I ever made when Floyd Mayweather got to, like, minus $4. I'm like, let me get this straight. You're giving me the greatest fighter of the era in a boxing match at only minus $4 against a guy that's never fought in a boxing match with pure boxing rules. Okay, I'll go ahead and lay that. So, look, that would be an obviously light work for Tyson Fury with all due respect to Ngannou, who's a very tough man. But in a boxing match, Tyson Fury would piece that guy up. I don't know if he's quite retired yet, but... He's maybe looking at the landscape. Look, he gets to go out on top if he wants to do that. Winning in Wembley Stadium. Oh, what a way. You know, with that go huge out. atmosphere on Saturday afternoon here on the West Coast, Saturday night over there in London. But does he want to wait and see who wins that rematch between Yusek uh, from the Ukraine mm. and Anthony Joshua? Yusek, mm. remember, beat Anthony Joshua. And look, if Joshua were to win that rematch, well, obviously, Joshua, I think, is a much bigger star than Dillian White. No doubt. So, a Fury-Joshua match would sell out pretty much any stadium in the United Kingdom. So you got to think maybe that's on the table, and that means a lot more money. There's a lot of ways for Fury to make money. We oh, know yeah. he has a relationship with WWE and has done some stuff with them, so that's an easy several million bucks based on what they're getting on their television contracts and whatnot and streaming and the like. So Fury, I don't know if he's quite done. Maybe he takes some time away and look uh, – nobody's ever, I guess, really retired in the sport of boxing. Not at all. And again, you there's so many things and obstacles to, before you really broke it down from a handicapping perspective. What are the ounces of the gloves? Are they 8 ounces, 10 ounces, 12 mm -hmm. ounces? If you remember mm -hmm. in the Mayweather fight, you could see that it felt like there were giant pillows on the hands right. of Conor McGregor, and he wasn't used to that. You see just the way he was throwing his punches. It's different from MMA. So mm -hmm. a lot of obstacles to get there. I do think that fight could eventually happen. And I actually do take it seriously because Ngannou is just that big and ferocious as a puncher. And but that the, would be probably the most money that Francis Ngannou ever. had ever made in a fight. I mean, Connor, Connor McGregor made, what do they call, FU money. In that fight against, against Floyd, Floyd Mayweather. Mayweather. So, you know, just more money than you can ever dream of, you know, based on fighting and mixed martial arts with as many people as UFC has under contract. Yep. to keep those salaries under control. So, uh, yeah, and Ganu, absolutely. He's like, yeah, I'll fight him. I know if it's Give a boxing match. Million. I know if it's a boxing match, I'm probably going to get pieced up, but I will take that money and retire very happily. Thank you very I'm much. I'm a big tent guy when it comes to combat sports. If you want to see crossover, I'm always fascinated by it. I will not be one of those people that go, oh, I won't watch. I will absolutely watch. Yeah, of course. And we'll break it down here on VEASAN if that fight is allowed to be bet on. As the Floyd fight was, I'm assuming this would be too. It would be a show it might not be very competitive, but it would be a show, that is for sure. We have real breaking news in the NBA. This might affect some wagers for tonight. The Bulls number went from 10 to 12. Wes, you know why that number's on the move. Yeah, that game, by the way, is going to be tomorrow evening. Game five up in Milwaukee Bucks with a 3-1 lead. We are now seeing 12 across the board. 11 and a half still at BetMGM. Uh, Zach Levine Oof. listed as doubtful uh, health and safety protocols. I don't have any more details than that, but... Uh, COVID-19, uh, the likely culprit here. So uh, I don't know how that worked. It just says health protocols doubtful for Wednesday. And look, uh, we knew that the Bulls were up against it anyway. They won that game, too, because they hit pretty much every mid-range yep. shot against Milwaukee. And then Milwaukee really, you know, kind of backhanded them and really both the uh, Friday night game and the Sunday afternoon game up there in Chicago. So 
Bucks obviously in very good position to close this out in advance against Boston. Those were actually my two series bets, Boston and also Milwaukee minus uh, two and a half minus a dollar 75 because I wanted to take that insurance where it's like they may not sweep these guys. So, yeah, I got to lay a little bit more VIG, but uh, it looks like the Bucks uh, should very well be on to their se- these uh, semifinals, whether Levine goes or not. And that would be a, an amazing matchup uh, potentially against the Boston Celtics, but they do have business to take care of and seems like a very shrewd move on your part because it feels like the gentleman's sweep is coming tomorrow night uh, in Milwaukee. Let's get to the breaking news that, uh, that I referred to for the NFL draft, which, of course, is 48 hours away right here in Vegas. And, you know, I think it's fair of certainly GMs. They have to do their due diligence on players and they got to figure out, do you love the game? Are you all in it? Do Mm -hmm. you have like, is do you have other things going on that might affect where and when we draft you? I think all those things are fair questions internally to ask, but when these reports get out to people like ourselves in a betting community are talking about them, they could have detrimental impacts to said player. And this is what one offensive coordinator in the NFL told Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer on Matt Corral. And I quote, he's got off-field questions. He's kind of a mess. I'm not sure you want him leading your program. His issues aren't the kind solved by giving millions of dollars. A rump. That is, and look, it's one unnamed Mm -hmm. NFL offensive coordinator. Okay. We had heard questions about Matt Corral that had nothing to do with that. We had heard questions like, well, he's coming off a, a bad injury. We know he's a gamer, wanted to be out there, got hurt in his bowl game. How is he going to respond? And then we hear, well, he's coming from a system in Lane Kiffin. Is it really going to be a, a pro system? Does he have the big enough arm? Well, then when you hear a report like that, I wonder if that's going to make teams shy away. And certainly this plays into how many quarterbacks potentially could be selected in the first round, which right now is at three, three and a half market wide. What do you make of the report? And what do you make of Matt Corral? Can I add a couple comments that we did not mention there in that SI piece too? This was a sampling of Breer source comments. You said the, he's kind of a mess. Uh, Quote, unquote, he got into a fight with one of Wayne Gretzky's kids in high school that led to his transfers, and there have been questions about his maturity his first couple years at Ole Miss. Now, I have no idea if this is true. We're just a reporter here. Mm-hmm. We're not, uh, you know, making a case here. But, uh, look, if he got in uh, one of the fights with uh, Wayne Gretzky's, uh, one of Wayne Gretzky's kids, uh, one of those kids now has a brother-in-law, big, long, tall Dustin Johnson, who officially got <laughs> married to uh, the lovely Paulina, yes. Wayne Gretzky's daughter, this weekend uh, down there in Tennessee. So uh, uh, maybe old cuz uh, might want a piece of this guy. I don't know. But and then you hear he's a big party guy. I have no I, I have no idea if this is true or false. Uh, I just look at the football stuff, really. And that's what kind of stands out to me. And look. This was a guy that was predominantly a zone read quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, and and we know that there's elements of the zone read. There are now elements of the college game that come into the pro game now in terms of offense right. with certain quarterbacks. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes has shown that ability. Josh Allen. You have to be able to be at least a little bit mobile. Look, you can still be a pure pocket passer if you're Tom Brady or if you're Peyton Manning, but those guys now in the college game are kind of few and far between because everybody's running this spread offense or a little bit of this zone read. So you don't necessarily get as many pure pocket passers as you might have 10, 15, 20 years ago and beyond. So I think that's a little bit of the concern of the fact that, you know, this guy ran that offense and he had a pretty good play designer and play caller in Lane Kiffin as much as people like to kind of say, oh, Lane's kind of a quirky, weird personality or whatnot. He's a pretty good offensive line. And I think he's proven that. 
in his time in college, not only here at Ole Miss, but of course on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama. He went to the uh, the Betty Ford Center of College Coaches. Mm-hmm. That's where you go to get rehabilitated. You become a coordinator, then all of a sudden you get a head job when you win a national championship. So, you know, I don't know how much of this is true. The the uh, the reports were that. He had a 15 on the Wonderlick, and that was the lowest of what are graded widely as the top 12 quarterbacks. So, you know, we shall see. But like I said, everybody's board is different. Somebody out there probably likes that guy, and that's what worries you that maybe there's going to be a trade-up, especially if you like the under for the quarterbacks. I still think he's probably a high to middle second round guy. I don't think he's the guy that's going to go in the first round or be that third quarterback. I would think it's maybe going to be Desmond. Yeah, it feels like that. Look, historically, and again, sometimes I remember when Johnny Manziel was coming out of Texas A&M and a lot of the same things are being said. And I remember then it was about autographs, but people were concerned about his off the field and the defenders of Johnny Manziel said, oh, come on, you guys are just saying all this stuff. He was a first round pick, if you remember, by the Cleveland Browns. That did not work out. And he ended up having a ton of well-documented off-the-field issues. Another one, we can go way back to the 80s, Dan Marino. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of questions about Dan Marino. Yeah, he didn't have of, a very high wonder leg. Right, and all of a sudden, Dan Marino worked out just fine, I'm pretty sure, making it to the Hall of Fame first ballot with Miami Dolphins. So the point there is, you're going to hear a lot of things, and some of them may play out to be true, and some of them may be sophomore things that you do as a kid, and you do grow up and get it, and now you're in an adult big boy league. Those are questions, but they're fair questions to ask Mm -hmm. uh, if you are certainly a GM or a head coach and you have to evaluate a player like Matt Corral. Now, sometimes you wonder where this comes from, too. Is this a rival quarterback's agent putting this out there? You hate to be cynical, but you kind of have to be, and that's what the NFL draft is. There's a lot of information out there and a lot of misinformation, and it obviously affects where these guys are going to be picked. We'll talk more about the NFL draft, certainly when we come back here, because I want to get into not just the quarterbacks, but also the running backs and beyond who might be the first one of those skill sets to go in Thursday's draft. Come on back. It's the Lombardi Line right here in VC, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Oh, it's such a clutch pickup, Dave. I know, right? I was worried we'd bring back the same team. Oh, no, I meant those blackout motorized shades. MVP of the room. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. Even you could do it. Nice. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. What, you fly across the country to do the install? Nope. Blinds.com can do it all. 
All she had to do was pick what she wanted. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Look at you, Hall of Fame son. Oh, I just picked the winning team. They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Oh, Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. He shoots. He scores. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Go right now for up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that saying? with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Here on the Lombardi Line, Dave Ross, West Reynolds coming at you here from South Point Casino in Las Vegas. We were talking about the quarterbacks in the NFL draft. We were talking about the reports on Matt Corral, maybe some off-the-field issues according to an unnamed offensive coordinator in the NFL saying, quote, he's a mess. Now, very quickly, I just want to wrap up the QB talk here because the odds to be the first quarterback selected, it feels like that's going to be Malik Willis. He's minus $1.55 here at uh, BetMGM. Kenny Pickett is second at plus $1.30. Desmond Ritter is eight to one to be the first quarterback selected. Corral at sixteen to one. But you and I were just having an interesting conversation. Sam Howell at forty to one. Now I don't think he can leapfrog the other guys and be the first guy in a long shot to win that cash that ticket. Mm-hmm. But to be a first round pick is Sam Howell. Did he? Because look, if he came out of UNC a year ago, a year earlier, if he was, he would have been a top five pick. But last year, really down year at right. Carolina. Does you think that soured people enough to go, Sam Howell? I don't know that he's a first round talent. You, you know, maybe I could see him maybe going over Corral. I, I still don't know if you're going to see more than three quarterbacks in the first I round. I mean, we know Willis and Pickett are probably going to go somewhere, but there's such a variance. Like even if you look at a lot of these mock drafts, which, you know, are are a large, I think, part of the blind movement here. Yeah. And everybody kind of follows that to try to get the best of the number and beat the bookmaker to move in the number. You know, you look at like uh, Kuiper, you know, says Malik Willis is going six overall in his mock draft. And then Peter King and his latest mock draft where he put Walker, and that was part of the reason for the movement on Trayvon Walker. He put him first overall. King didn't even have Pete, uh, Willis going in the first round wow. and had Pickett as the only quarterback going in the opening round. So there's so much variance here on these quarterbacks. I think 
it's you got to think, okay, Willis and Pickett are going to go somewhere. I don't know if they're going top 10. We were talking about that during the break. I could see 11 through 20. Maybe these teams don't want to, you know, it's like, are these the guys that we want to give up all these future second and round fifth, picks? Right, and, and a fifth round option yeah, do, on. Do, do we want to give these up for, for, for these guys necessarily? And I don't know if they do. So that's why I think you kind of ballpark it and maybe like meet in the middle where mm-hmm. maybe these guys go in, in the mid-teens or in the or in the early 20s. I think that there, this is just so unpredictable. And that's why I haven't got, I have none of these bets in terms of the quarterbacks. And I know that's always the kind of sexy thing because we know that that's what moves the needle no at doubt. least a little bit. Everybody wants to talk about him, but this is just not that great of a quarterback class. So that's why I've, re- I've really stayed away because the first logical destination you would say for a quarterback, okay, which team Carolina. really, re- you know, yeah, Carolina number six. And it was like, we thought, okay, Kenny Pickett, that, that, that they might, he might go there. And then it's like, okay, are they souring on him a little bit? So I wish I could give like a definitive answer of like, okay, where these guys are going to go. I have no idea. Well, the problem with, with, uh, with Pickett, small hands, mm-hmm. smells like cabbage. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad Austin Powers. <laughs> but you see there, and, and this, this is the problem. <laughs> We're measuring guys' hands. We're trying to figure out, do we have off-the-field issues with certain quarterbacks? So, again, three and a half is where that number is set. It's juiced heavily to the under at 250. We do not recommend – but normally laying 250, and I would not. I'm not telling you that's what to do, but I'm with you, Wes, on this. It feels like four is too many because once yeah. the run on receivers and that run on receivers will happen about midway through this draft, probably starting right, right around that 10-11 area, and once that, once that run on receivers goes, look for six or seven of those guys to go yeah. uh, in the first round. I'd be stunned if four quarterbacks are taken in the first yeah, round. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard maybe with this class because – you, you want to win right now. I mean, you don't want to be like a wait till next year type of deal, but obviously the free agency market for quarterbacks is a lot better next year. The draft market could be, you could have a Bryce young, right. you could have a, a revitalized Spencer Rattler down there at South Carolina. I hadn't even gone through all the college. But it's a, better, it's a better class coming yes. in next year for yes, sure. Absolutely. So it's like, okay, do we just go with what we got? Like if we're Carolina, do we just go with Sam Darnold knowing that he's a free agent next year and we may not bring him back? Or if we do, it's going to be at a reduced rate. Then we can go draft our guy or then we can go maybe sign a free agent in the offseason. Normally, you know, rules of journalism is when you're having a conversation as a journalist, you have to ask a question. One of my pet peeves is when you ask two questions at once. I'm going to break the rule and I'm going to ask you two questions in one. And it's about the running back position because it feels like Brees Hall is the guy, minus 250, to be the first running back selected. My first question is, will it be Brees Hall, or could there be any surprise here with maybe Kenneth Walker at Michigan State? And my second part question, which I hate asking two-parters, is Brees Hall a first-rounder? Because it feels like the position is devalued. doesn't mean he is not worthy of a first-round pick. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I – this is a tough market to bet too, because the running back has kind of gone the way of the Edsel right. in the NFL, because it used to be, okay, there are three or four running backs that are going to get drafted. Ezekiel Elliott went round. fourth overall right. not that long ago. Right. So it's like you want to, they want to devalue this position so much and it has been, but it's almost like you have a luxury if you have a really great one, like the Indianapolis Colts with uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, right. right now, as he might, might as well be the best running back in the league. Although Derek Henry certainly has something to say about that, but yeah, I tend to think, you know, that the market has this right. I think every mock has kind of said that Brees Hall was the best running back in terms of how he worked out at this pro day and whatnot. 
I don't know if he's a first rounder or not. I think maybe they'll be if if he is, it's going to be very late. Well, and, and that's what the graphic shows us, right, Wes? Again, if you're watching, but you're just listening on Veasan here, the running back right now juiced plus a dollar fifty for a half running back taken in the first round. I.e., is yeah. Brees Hall but a this first isn't, rounder? This isn't like last year where I think. Everybody kind of had Najee Harris right. going in the first round, and everybody thought Pittsburgh, and that's an, and ended up where 20s. he was yeah. because they didn't have a running back, right. an incumbent starter. So, you know, that felt like the logical spot. There isn't like that one spot that's just like standing out to me where it's like, okay, they that's have to have this guy. This is where he's going to go, and that's what concerns you if you're betting this prop necessarily. But, look, uh, Hall, I think, had really good numbers. He's good receiver out of the backfield, good runner with patient, outstanding vision, yeah. ran sub 4-4 at the combine, uh, very good on his vertical, on his broad jump, uh, heavy workload for that Iowa State program. Kenneth Walker was kind of a one-year deal, you know, coming from Wake Forest and then going to Michigan State, winning the Doak Walker, winning the Walter Camp, the player of the year. So that's that that's the thing on Kenneth Walker of why I wouldn't rate him above Brees Hall because he's a little bit limited in terms of getting the ball out of the backfield. We know that's what you've got to be in the NFL. You can't just be, you know, a run between the tackles guy and a tackle breaking machine. You've also got to catch passes. And again, in a league now in the NFL where normally you have to have two running backs, unless you're Tennessee, perhaps here, Brees Hall feels like an every down back and maybe Kenneth Walker. Some of these other guys we're looking at here are going to be situational running back. Mm -hmm. So that's why it feels like when you're handicapping this thing, Brees Hall is the only guy that has a realistic shot of going in the first round. So if you want to play that over plus a dollar 50, that means Means you're saying Brees Hall is a first rounder because I can't see the Isaiah Spillers uh, or any uh, Kyron Williams in the like going in the first round here. Those guys are going to be uh, either second rounders or day twoers uh, in my estimation here when you really break down the running back position. It feels like Hall or bust. We're going to have Soren Petra on uh, in the next segment to talk about Kansas City. We believe they'll get a wide receiver at some point. So I want to save that conversation for Soren in the next block. But I do want to get to offensive linemen because what I do feel like what's happened here, Wes, is if you and I had this conversation a month ago, when you look at the likes of Neil and Aquanu for sure, we thought these guys were lock top five guys, right. if not number one overalls. And now all of a sudden, because we talked about how the game is changing and the perception is you got to have edges, receivers, edge rushers, are offensive linemen tackles? Are they actually being slightly devalued? Because back in the day, these guys, you could have made a case for one and two with Aquano and Neal. Yeah, you very easily could. And I think uh, when Jacksonville franchise Robinson, then Neal became, you know, okay, that's not likely destination, even though it's like, well, they could strengthen a string necessarily. Right. But look, Jacksonville and Detroit and these two teams, they're drafting one, two pretty much in every round the rest of the draft. So they kind of control being the first pick of each round, the direction of each round for the draft. So it's like, okay, if we don't get a tackle in the first round, we can obviously get one in the second round right. if we so choose. Uh, we've been hearing for uh, Detroit, uh, you know, a couple other logical points where maybe it's Hutchinson or maybe it's a uh, sauce Gardner, who is a Detroit native. If mm -hmm. they can maybe find a nut, the next Jeff Okuda, who I think has been really effective for yeah. Detroit when he's been on the field. But, yeah, exactly. So that's why you've seen these linemen. I think dip a little bit. I don't think they're going to dip that far. I think, uh, 
Equanu, look, he could easily go four or five to the Jets or Giants. That seems like feels maybe, like the Giants, yeah, right? And Brian yeah, Dable, in yeah, there. because they did draft uh, uh, Andrew Thomas a yes. couple years ago. So it seems like okay, we got to get some protection for Daniel Jones or whoever our quarterback is going <laughs> to be uh, for the Giants under first-year coach Dable. So. You could see tackle going there. I think, you know, all these guys, especially those first three guys, Aquanu, Neil Cross, probably going to be gone by, you would think, at least the top 15 picks. I'm right there with you. And, again, we talked a little bit about it in the first hour. When you look at corners uh, and you see Sauce Gardner there, minus $5 to be the first corner selected, that's actually not the worst thing that could happen to uh, Derek Stingley Jr. Because once the best corner goes, and he's going to go quickly, Sauce Gardner, you would think in the top five, that means other people are going to go, oh, now i got to get Stingley. I'd be stunned if both these guys make it to double digits in this draft. I think they can yeah, both I have think, a good chance to be what, top both 10. corners? Yep. Yeah, I think both of them are going top 10. I agree with you there. When we come back, Soren Petra is going to join us from Kansas City. What are the Chiefs going to do with an abundance of picks all of a sudden? We'll discuss when you come back with us. It's the Lombardi Line right here on DC, the Sports Betting Network. The VEASAN betting experts have put together everything you need to bet on the draft this week. The VEASAN NFL Draft Betting Guide is mock drafts analysis for every single NFL team, odds, and best bets for the first round and beyond. Get the VEASAN NFL Draft Betting Guide today for only $10. Go to VEASAN.com slash draft. There is great information in there. Wes Reynolds, Dave Ross here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And Soren Petro has great information. Host of the program, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Soren, it's great to have you back in the program, and we wanted to have you on today because I did not think we'd be talking about the Chiefs and all of their newfound draft picks after moving on from Tyreek Hill. But they do sit with two first-rounders here, albeit at number 29 and then number 30, and then they get two more in the second round and two more in the third round and two more in the fourth round. So, Soren, let's start right with the first round here with all the, these picks for Andy Reid and company. Does it have to be a wide receiver now to replace Tyreek Hill with one of those two first-rounders? You know, I, I don't think it does. I know that's where a lot of the, the mock drafting, you know, from a national perspective goes is, is to throw them at a wide receiver. The popular one is moving both first-round picks, or they're, they're, you know, either 29 or 30 and 50, which they have in the second round, or 50, and I think they've got 62 as well. Uh, moving those three to get up to 10, 11, 12 and take Jamison Williams. I think the, the, the receiver is right if they were going to move up. I think that's the guy they'd go for. But I don't think they're moving up. I think the, uh, the little, you know, ugly secret about the Chiefs right now is they've been in a go-for-it mode, and they've gotten a little bit thin. The depth really isn't there. If you look at a two-deep chart of the uh, Chiefs' depth chart, you're, you're going to find that you don't know really any of the names of anybody who's a second round uh, or is a, uh, uh, a second stringer. And they need to improve that depth. They especially need to improve it on the defensive side of the ball. And really on defense, they flat out need starters. They've got Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster they signed to help. You know, I don't think neither one of them, the Chiefs are aware of this, are Tyreek Hill. But it goes a long way towards trying to replace some of that production. But they really don't have a starting left defensive end. They lost Tavarius Ward uh, at corner. Uh, Frank Clark is not ideal at the starting right defensive end. So they have some really big needs, not just in depth, but as far as starters go on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's why they probably – stay put in that first round. Now, moving up 
some of those extra picks they've got in other rounds in you know in the second and third, I, I think that becomes much more likely. But they need multiple starters and, and a lot of depth out of this draft. Yeah, and Soren, that was kind of the first thing when I'm looking at the Chiefs' depth chart. You know, the glaring, I guess, if you want to call it weakness, you're looking at that left side uh, projected starters, Mike Dana and Derek Noddy at left defensive end and left defensive tackle. So looking at the Chiefs having, you know, these two first-round picks, would you expect that maybe they move up for an edge rusher if there's going to be a run on these guys? We know there's going to be the big three in the top ten at least with uh, Walker, Hutchinson, and uh, Thibodeau in any order order and then Jermaine Johnson perhaps too but there's going to be some guys there in the first round uh Abekati from Penn State Carol Loftus from Purdue mm-hmm. could be maybe available if they're not a run in between the mid-20s do you expect maybe the Chiefs would move up to get one of those rushers here in this draft you know I think you hit on it like every time that, that you know we go through the mock drafts there's always guys that are there that you say okay this fits I think the question becomes you know Brett Beach said a couple of days ago at his draft uh, press conference that by their board, and he said, listen, we don't have any quarterbacks on our board for obvious reasons, but we have 16 to 18 guys we've labeled as first-round picks. He also said 30 to 60 is where he thinks the, the real strength of this draft is. I, I, that, to me, says that they, you know, if they're going to get to one of those guys, and it doesn't mean those guys will go 1 through 16. I think there will be some guys that slide because, you know, Further down you go in the draft, the more you find out that people have a different view. Just see the way you know Walker's moving up all the way to the number one pick. I don't think that's most people's view of it, but if it's Jacksonville's, he's going to slide to the top. I think as you get down there, you know, start sliding into the teens, then there'll, there'll be some difference of opinions, and, and maybe a guy gets down to the 23-24 range, and I think that's the kind of move that they make up, 29-24. to 24. Uh, Not really 29-12, to 12, 29 to 17, where a lot of people have them going. I don't think they, I think they know they need a couple of first round picks. They need as many shots in those first 60 players to try to come away with starting players. And so I think if anything, it'll be moves to get more guys in the top 60, whether that's moving from 30 down to get 45 and get multiple thirds so that they can move one of their thirds back up in there. I think they want as many guys in that top 60 as they can get. And I think that makes it more likely that they will trade down than a dream scenario of either a top corner or one of their top edge guys or a, even a top right tackle, I think, wouldn't be shocking because uh, their, their starter, you know, while they rebuilt you know, all of that offensive line last year, they did lose one of them uh, to a patella tendon, and that's at right tackle. And so I think that's one of the spots that could be kind of a surprise. Corner, DN, uh, wide receiver, and, and right tackle are the spots that they potentially have needs and potentially a starting need for each one of those positions. You know, Soren, I'm, I'm old here, and I remember when the Cowboys traded away Herschel Walker to the Minnesota Vikings to get a haul with uh, Jimmy Johnson and Jerry Jones back in the day, and it led them to three Super Bowls in four years to kind of replenish the roster, which is something I think you're alluding to at the beginning with eight picks here in the first four rounds. Do you think – I know they said they wanted to re-sign Tyreek Hill, but looking at it now and not having to pay him the king's ransom to keep him in Kansas City – did they really want to sign Tyreek Hill? Or was this the plan all along? Because as you mentioned, they were getting thinner if it wasn't apparent to the naked eye. Yeah, I mean, like, look, everybody wants to resign him, right? If you could resign him on a on a five year, fifty million dollar deal, that sounds great, right? When it when it's it's the price that comes with doing it. And one of the things we talked about on my show all throughout the course of the year, and fans didn't want to hear it, uh, they've had to accept it now. 
Um, we, and, we, and we talked about it. You know, I, I do podcasts with, with Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus and Jeff Chidea at NFL Network. And, and we were talking about this a lot this year that, look, you can just do the simple math. It doesn't fit if you're going to take Orlando Brown on a franchise tag to $16.7 million at tackle. That's jumping $13.5 million from where he was counting last year. And Tyreek Hill is going to go up $10 million. Everybody knew it was very important to him to be the highest paid receiver no, you're going to keep Chris Jones. You're going to keep Patrick Mahomes. You're going to keep Travis Kelsey. You're going to keep all these guys. You pay Joe Tooney the highest, uh, the biggest guard contract in the history of the NFL. All these things. And, and throw in Tyron Matthew was in that discussion at the time that you weren't going to be able to make this all work. It became pretty clear that Matthew was going to be a stretch and probably either Tyreek Hill or Chris Jones was going to have to go. You could keep one or not the other because you're obviously not moving uh, Patrick Mahomes. So did they want to sign him? Yes, but I think realistically all along, uh, they knew that they were in all likelihood not going to be able to keep them there. There did seem to be this little window of about seven days where word was leaking out that maybe at 21 and a half, 22 million per, the Chiefs were going to get it done. Uh, they certainly weren't going to get it done at 30 million. And if you really dig into that contract, it's really more like three for 24 or 25 million that the deal actually is before you can get out from under it, at least at some penalty, not much penalty after a fourth year. On that deal, I think they got to a point where they were just beyond, but they knew they could make it work. And I think they also knew that the offense had gotten a little bit stale. Teams had figured out how to defend them, and they needed a different type of wide receiver. They needed a bigger, more physical wide receiver that they could hit on shorter patterns as opposed to trying to just always stretch the field. A lot of what Tyree Killen had done for them for the previous years had been taken away this past year. I think that made it a little bit easier for them to part with him. Soren, uh, Chiefs still the favorite, of course, for the upcoming season in the AFC West. I'm seeing like eight to five, nine to five, a little bit less than two dollars, basically across the board to win this division. Everybody in this division, this is literally <laughs> the wild, wild west. Everybody in this division, I think, has legitimate playoff aspirations. Obviously, you're not going to get four teams out of one division make the playoffs, but judging by the other three teams in the division. Who do you think closed the gap the most with Kansas City? Uh, you know, I, I think the, the, the popular – well, closed the gap the most, obviously made the most move, was, was the Broncos getting Russell Wilson, right? When you get the quarterback, you're going a long way. The, the Raiders had a good quarterback. The Chargers have a quarterback who looks like he could be great. But the Broncos did the most closing of the gap by getting Russell Wilson. Uh, you got to like the weapons that have been added with the Raiders. The Chargers have been adding all kinds of defensive help which was their big problem. So I think everybody got better. And, and maybe that's the scary part for the Chiefs is the fact that there's no gimme on the schedule now. Everybody's got at least a competent quarterback, and everybody's got a roster that, that is one that can scare you. And on the defensive side of the ball, they've all got weapons. I mean, they're all ready to go up and down the field with the Chiefs and, and get into a scoring fest if that's what it takes. The thing that I think is interesting is I went and took the schedules and compiled them not based upon last year's record, not based upon someone's power rankings, just based upon the odds of winning the Super Bowl that each team has. And the team that's got the best chance to really come at the Chiefs is the Denver Broncos. The three games that are different on the schedule, the Broncos are far easier. They are teams that are not supposed to contend. So if you put in the, the odds based upon what, at least right now, the odds makers are saying are the caliber of teams, the team that by far has the best schedule is the Broncos. And so if there's a sleeper on betting the AFC West or or if you want to take a flyer since they've got Russell Wilson now on betting a team uh, to win the Super Bowl, the one that's probably going to give you the best payout, and the best odds 
Now, I hate to say it as a guy who was born and bred here in <laughs> Kansas City and is a Chiefs fan, but it's probably the Denver Broncos. Now, there it is. The Chiefs right now, uh, win total 10 and a half. So, juiced a little bit to the over, uh, minus 140, the under, plus $1.15. Soren, really appreciate it. Always love talking with you. Uh, can't wait to see what the Chiefs do in the draft. We'll catch up with you again soon. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, Soren. There he is, Soren Petro. Follow him on Twitter at the same name, at Soren Petro. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the games tonight in the NBA playoffs. Come on back with Wes and I right here on the Lombardi Line on Visa and the Sports Betting Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Well, you can convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Wes Reynolds, I am Dave Ross. This is the Lombardi Line right here from South Point Casino in Las Vegas. Taking a look at the NBA playoff action tonight. 
got a couple good game five tilts tied up at two games of peeps. But the one that feels like it might end tonight is the one in South Beach. Now, before you wager on this number here, we saw Miami open as seven and a half point favorites. It's now down to about six and a half. We're seeing here market wide and the total now at about 217. That's come down just a skosh from 217 and a half. If you want to bet Atlanta, mm -hmm. the trend is, isn't it, I don't even know if it's a trend at this point. It's just been fact for this year that you might not even need the points because they're not going to, they're not going to cover and lose. If they win, they're going to win outright. Is that right. the way you see this playing out for Atlanta? You know, or do you think of, this could buck the trend finally? Yeah, I, and, and look, I think Miami is going to close it out here. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to lay it, but it's tough with Atlanta right now because the offense has just been so bad. 98.3 points per game, 103 points per possession. Trey Young, a lot has been made, obviously, of Durant, but here's another all-star player that has really been poor so far in this series. Trey Young, 16 and a half points a game, 7 of 33 from three-point range, 21.2%, wow. only shooting 35% from a two-point range. John Collins, of course, he was out for about a month and a half. Mm -hmm. He hasn't really quite been himself. We know Lou Williams has been out, so there's a score off the bench. Clint Capella, even though he is listed as questionable, you look at what Atlanta did during the regular season. They were a really elite offensive team and then a poor defensive team. In half-court offensive rating in the regular season, Atlanta led the league 101.1. And in the playoffs, they're the second worst at 92.1. That would have been 25th in the regular season. Atlanta, if they would have posted the numbers they're posting in the playoffs that they did in the regular season. So Miami clearly has flustered these guys. And that's why I think you're seeing a little bit of a dip on the total. I still think at 217, there could potentially be value. If I bet this game, that is going to be the way that I'm going to go is for the under. Even though I don't usually like to necessarily bet unders and closeout games, mm -hmm. I think everybody kind of likes to do that. Like, okay, they've really got to slow the tempo and we really <laughs> got to shore up the defense. Well, I don't know how much Atlanta really can shore shore up the defense necessarily but I just think that you know usually you like to go overs in those games right. because clearly if you get into like a foul situation hell we've even seen that with Phoenix and uh, New Orleans Whoa. those have been slow tempo games and then you get fouls late and all of a sudden it gets out of hand and maybe it's a blowout and the interest in defense in there so that's what always concerns you but it would have it would have to be under for me in this game if I'm going to get involved I just I know what Atlanta has to do. They have to try to run because they cannot score on these guys in half court, but sometimes a team is just better than you and they can prevent you from doing so. And obviously you want to watch the injury news. Uh, if PJ Tucker right. is questionable is going to be able to go Kyle Lowry as well. So that's two of the heat starting five. So you certainly don't like to see that. And that's why you've seen this number. I think it opened as high as seven and a half and you've seen it dip below the key number of seven here. And I do believe there is a key number of seven in the NBA. There's a wide debate about that. But key numbers for me just aren't in football. They're also in basketball as You know, well. it's interesting, too, because now if you're Miami, you don't want to really look ahead too much to the next round. But you see Philadelphia now getting pushed by Toronto. Mm -hmm. And that series is at least going to go six as they go back to the six north of the border in Toronto. If you're Miami and you're Coach Spo, you're like, hey, Let's close these guys out right. and let's get rest because rest is a real yeah, thing in yeah, the second yeah, season. Yeah, you don't really, really want to mess around Ooh. with these guys. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, 
I think the Heat are probably going to close this out. I don't think I'm going to lay it, though. I want to see what's up and with the injury information, if maybe at least Tucker is perhaps going to go because Tucker is a very good defender. He was clearly a very big key for Milwaukee no in doubt. their championship run last year. And again, uh, Milwaukee, they might be able to close out their series tomorrow night against Chicago. And if they do, then they will move on to take on the Celtics, which really could be a heavyweight matchup there in the Eastern Conference. Let's go out west. We got a game five tonight. Uh, back in the chop house in Memphis. And this is getting interesting. And to me, when I look at the numbers, I look at 231 and a half and I go kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about with Miami and the ATL, where it could get away late, maybe get some fouls. Let's see how that plays out. This feels like this could be obviously the pivotal game potentially of the series. And for that reason, for two young teams, Wes, I don't know how much they're going to come out carefree and, you know, lighten the place on fire here in Memphis. I kind of feel like this could be a grind in the grindhouse. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, the situation would dictate that I do like the Memphis Grizzlies. The number would not dictate that. I would wish uh, to lay about four and a half or maybe five here. And look, Minnesota is is so erratic. You can tell that this is still a very young team mm-hmm. with a lot without a lot of playoff experience. So you get a lot of erratic performances, and that's what you know you've had to been playing if you've had some success betting this series. Uh, you know. Some of the issues with Memphis, though, even though this was a team that was the clear number two seed in the Western Conference, they struggle a little bit in the half court. And that's why, uh, you know, you worry a little bit about this team, even though you would think that they're a little bit more established, but they're just as young as Minnesota. And I think, uh, you know, youth has really been that way on the other side. Now, you got to think John Moran is going to perform better in this game, that he's going to step up here at home. Of course, I mentioned earlier, it depends on how Jaron Jackson Jr., if he can stay on the floor and stay out of foul trouble Mm -hmm. because he has not been able to do so. He fouled out in game four. He's averaged five fouls in this series. And you can tell when he's on the floor, Minnesota shoots a lot poor from the floor. And the numbers really bear that out. So uh, I I think that this is a bounce back spot for the Grizzlies, but I do not like this number. And we know the numbers are razor tight as you get into the playoffs and you get a lot less variance. So uh, probably going to keep me out of this game and maybe look for the Grizzlies live. If I can lay a little bit less, you know, for me, again, we've talked about this all series long. This is a Carl Anthony towns game. This is a cat game. Like if you want to be regarded as one mm-hmm. of the best and, and a superstar and not just, you know, a B lister, if you want to be an A lister, this is the type of game you go on the road, you make your stance and you say, you know what? I am who we think, yeah. who you guys And I will I say that. And I think you're absolutely right. But I will say, if you've look at what cat has done in this series, it feels like for Minnesota to really stay in this series though. Like he's got to put like almost Embiid or yes. Jokic type numbers up for them to stay in. Even though Minnesota has other scoring punch with Edwards and with D'Angelo Russell, et cetera, et cetera. But you look in the two games where he's been bad in this series, 23 combined points committed 10,009 turnovers and two really bad losses and two big blowout losses in this series. So a very erratic series. And I don't, you know, two versus seven, probably one of the best series in the first round and maybe the best series in the first round is what's going to be our nightcap tonight. And that's the amazing thing. I didn't think we'd be sitting here talking about two, two with Phoenix and new Orleans, but here we are. And again, a lot of this is predicated on what happened in game two when Devin Booker went out with that hamstring. But at that point of the injury, New Orleans was winning that game in game two. Went on to win it without Devin Booker in the lineup, and he won't be there for the rest of the series, and this series is becoming much longer than Phoenix certainly would have liked. Now, it's not a must-win, obviously, whenever you have Chris Paul, and if you lose tonight, you could go back to New Orleans and conceivably still win a game six and a game seven. But, boy, it feels like all of a sudden momentum 
is going to the way of the young kids, Brandon Ingram, kind of having a, a coming out party, and they're doing all this without Zion Williamson. This just feels like a dangerous team mm -hmm. with, quote, unquote, nothing to lose. Yeah, because, look, if there's a team that's going to get the benefit of the doubt from the market, you would think it would be Phoenix, mm -hmm. being the defending Western Conference champions and how good Chris Paul has been, except for the last game where Jose Alvarado really <laughs> got under his skin. Uh, only, four, only uh, I believe, uh, four points, or he was like two of eight from shooting or something like that for Chris Paul, but he had very uh, minuscule numbers uh, in game four. So he, you know, he got his double digit assist, but they, they were struggling a little bit on offense and they were ice cold from three, right? I think they were 15.4% in game three and then just 24.9 in game four. So it's like, okay, even without Booker, maybe water finds its level here and, and they shoot better threes, but Willie Green has kind of figured out we can go small against these guys. We can play Larry Nance Jr. Mm -hmm. at the center position. And, uh, you know, Phoenix, obviously, they're going to try to attack down low because it's like, okay, we're going to play big against their small and try to get DeAndre Ayton in involved. But, yeah, I just I, – I wonder if maybe the tide is turning in this series. And if I could get seven, and I'm only getting six and a half right now, if I get seven, I would be interested in the New Orleans Pelicans. I just think that – they figured something out and Phoenix, uh, you know, is trying to find a way to score here in the half court. And they really have not been able to do it against this small lineup. And they've just been shooting terribly. Maybe you get positive regression tonight, but I think Memphis, all of a sudden they've got belief. And sometimes belief is enough to carry you forward. You know, it's amazing. A week ago, we sat here in these chairs. You could have gotten New Orleans after game one, 14 to one. Now the series price plus 235. What a difference a week and an injury makes, that's for sure. I want to thank uh, Storm Petcho joining us here from Kansas City to break down the Chiefs draft. Will Hill, of course, uh, listening to the New York City cast. And Wes, always enjoy the conversation as well. We got you covered all afternoon long and evening right here at Beeson. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 